You're listening to a sermon preached at First Baptist Church in Farwell, Texas. We are committed to loving God, loving people, and going into the world to share the gospel. We pray you find this message both challenging and encouraging. If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, where we are in our fifth week of our series, Our Father, looking at the Lord's Prayer, just as a way of reminder, I want to remind you that Jesus is teaching a group of men who have grown up all of their lives, literally all of their lives, learning how to pray. This is a group of men who have been praying multiple times throughout the day, several times, several hours throughout the day, but yet they see something different in Jesus after he prays, and they, they want to know what that power is. They want to know how to pray, and Jesus teaches them here in this, what's called the Sermon on the Mount on how to pray. We've been looking at this um, model or this, um, this outline of how we are uh, to pray. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, Jesus says, therefore, verse 9, some of you are still turning there, it's all right, I'll wait for you. Verse 9, therefore, you should pray like this, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done. I want you to notice the, the progression from from highest to lowest, from, from heaven to earth, our Father who, who art in heaven. That's how I memorize the, uh, this prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. CSB's changed it just a little bit, and it's still as accurate. Your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, starting in heaven. Our Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Now he's getting into earth into our realm. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And our our text this morning, the meat of our text this morning will come out of verse 13. And do not, now listen, this is, you can can start with the word Father. Our Father, Father, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from temptation the evil one. Father, I pray that you would teach us by the power of the Holy Spirit, teach us the power of this prayer. God, I pray that you would show us the importance of praying this prayer every single day of our life. It is in your son's precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Heard of a of a football coach, a professional football coach who had a player who he was so excited to, uh, to have on his team. In the first year that he was on his team, uh, he injured himself, and it was a, uh, it was a lifelong injury. He was not ever going to be able to play. This guy knew football inside and out. He knew everything about offense and, and defense and special teams. And so this professional coach hired this young man as his scout. He wanted him to go out and find other guys just like him. The first day in the office, the coach calls him in, and and this new scout asks him, he says, Coach, what kind of player are we looking for? To which the coach says, you know that player that gets hit and knocked down, doesn't get back up? To which the scout says, yeah, yeah, we don't don't want that player, right? And the coach says, no, we don't don't want that guy. He says, well, 
Do you know that player who, who gets knocked down not once, but twice and three times, but he, he gets up, but sometime around the third or fourth quarter, he just stops getting up. You, you know that guy? And the scout says, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. We're not looking for that guy, are we? He says, no, we're not looking for that guy either. He says, you know that player that, that gets hit and he gets knocked down and he gets up and he, he gets knocked down again and he gets up and he gets knocked down again and he gets up and he gets knocked down again and he gets up and he, he gets knocked down again and the scout says, yeah, 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 I know, I know that guy. That's the guy we're looking for, right? And to which the coach says, no, we're not looking for that guy either. We're looking for the guy that keeps knocking everybody down. Why is it in life we keep getting knocked down? Even if we get up again, we keep getting knocked down in life. I believe it's for two reasons. Number one, we fail to pray this prayer. Number two is we fail to know who our enemy is. We fail to pray and we fail to know who our enemy is. Jesus is teaching us here in verse 13 to pray this prayer. This is not a suggestion. He is saying, this is what you should pray. This, this something along these lines, maybe not word for word, but something along these lines. This is a good model for you to pray. Do not bring us into temptation. He's saying this is for Christians. This is what us as followers of Christ should pray. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Listen, if we want to have victory, we must pray that prayer and we must know who our enemy is. Listen, I want to tell you, point number one is this, Satan is a real person and he is our enemy. Satan is our enemy and he is a real person. Now listen, Satan has many aliases. Um, Maybe for some of the younger generations, he has many, many Twitter accounts. You know what I'm saying? He has, he has the Twitter account that his mom and daddy know about. He has the Twitter account that his girlfriend knows about. Uh, he has a Twitter account that his friends you know, in, in, uh, at school know about, and the Twitter account that his friends at church camp know about. I mean, he's got many, many different aliases, and he goes by the names deceiver, liar, murderer, accuser tempter, even the name of prince. He is destroyer. He is called the God of this age. And here in our text, in this prayer, Satan is called the evil one. Some of your translations might just say, but deliver us from evil. That word evil in the original Greek is the word poneros. It's poneros. It is is literally a title for Satan, for Lucifer, Poneros. And so here Jesus is teaching us to pray to deliver us from Satan. He is called the evil one. Listen, Satan might have thousands upon thousands of heads, but he is a created being with one heart. He is a person. He is a real person. Follow along with me. Write this verse down in the, in the margin of your Bible, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Listen to what we're instructed here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Two, it starts out with two imperative commands. Be sober-minded. Be alert. Two, again, not suggestions, imperative commands for us to follow in our walk with Christ. Walk with Christ. Be sober-minded. Be alert. And when you see commands, you should ask the question, why? 
Not that you're asking to be disobedient, but why, should, why, why are you commanding me uh, these things? Be sober-minded. Be alert. Why? Here it is. You ready? Your. That's us, brothers and sisters in Christ. He's talking to us. Your adversary, that is Satan. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Devour. Your adversary is prowling around. Therefore, be sober-minded. Be alert. Because Satan, your adversary, is prowling around. I have a hard time saying that. Prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. You might say, why me? What's so important about me that he would be looking to devour me. Well, the truth is, there's really nothing that important about you that Satan is after. Listen, Satan wants to devour you, brothers and sisters in Christ, because God has set his love and affection on you. That's why Satan is after you. Because God has set his love and affection on you. Listen, wicked people have always known that if you can't hurt somebody, you hurt somebody that they love. Let me ask you a question. Which hurts worse? Which hurts worse, someone hurting you or someone hurting your best friend? Which hurts you, someone hurting you or someone hurting your spouse? What hurts you worse, someone hurting you or someone hurting your children? Which hurts worse, someone hurting you? And I haven't officially joined this club yet, but, but which hurts worse, someone hurting you or someone hurting your grandchildren? Listen, I've spent enough years in youth ministry to know that Mama Bear comes out sometimes when you have to talk to their children a certain way. It hurts Worse, when someone hurts somebody we love. Now you know why Satan is prowling around looking to devour you. Satan can't get at God directly, but he knows that God has set his affection on you. Therefore, Satan is a bitter enemy of the people of God. That's you and I. Listen, he is our adversary, but watch this. He is our adversary, but you, child of God, are the beneficiaries of God's protection. We can't lose that. We can't forget that. Verse 13, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He is our adversary, but as a child of God, we are beneficiaries of God's protection. We cannot go through life without praying, and I would say even praying in the morning. I don't know why we would pray this prayer at night. I, I, I get it maybe, but, but, but praying it in the morning. Before we set out on our day, God, protect me from the evil one. Deliver me from his, his, his trials, his temptations that he wants to throw my Wait, listen, our enemy is a real person. Not only is he a real person, but he also has a real position. Satan is a real person with a real position. Satan holds a position of authority. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 bears this out. Follow along with me on the screen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says this, For our struggle, brothers and sisters in Christ specifically, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities. Here he's, he's talking about demon, demonic forces, Satan's uh, followers and Satan himself, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, spiritual forces in the heavens. Listen, the battles that we face, they may show up, they may, they may flesh themselves out in flesh and blood, but the enemy, hear me, the enemy we come in contact is not flesh and blood. Our enemy isn't the Democrats, it's not the Republicans. Our enemy is not people with different skin color. Our enemy is not build a wall or not to build a wall. Listen, we are up against an organized, mobilized, demonized forces of hell. And Satan has a place of authority. He is the prince of fallen angels. Listen, when Satan was thrown out of heaven, a third of the angels fell with him, and he rules this dark domain. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Here he is, Apostle Paul, talking to a group of Christians. He says, in their case, the God of this age. Who's he talking about? Title for Satan. The God of this age, the age that we are living in at this present time, age that Apostle Paul was living in, the age that we are living in at this present time. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Listen, your coworker, your neighbors, your classmates, your, your family members who are lost and, and away from God, we can get angry at them. We can think that, uh, that, that, our, that they are our enemy because they're coming against us on what we believe. But listen, listen, they are not our enemy. They have been blinded by Satan himself. Listen, Satan is a purpose, per person. He has a position. His goal is to keep the dead in Christ dead. That is his goal, to keep the dead in Christ dead. The unbelievers becoming, from becoming believers. And for us, children of God, powerless and ineffective from living a life that would show the world that there is light inside of us that would open up their eyes to see that God is the one true God. Satan is a person. He, our enemy, is a person. He has a position. But I want you to see also he has a destructive purpose. He has a destructive purpose. I want you to see his motive. I want you to see his plan. Listen, Satan is in open, ongoing revolt against God. He is infected with pride. And I want to tell you, we are, we are never more like Satan himself than when we are filled with pride. Satan looked at himself, and he looked at God, and he said, I want to be God. I don't want to be like God. I want to be God. I want people worshiping me. I want people bowing down to me. He was filled with, or is, not was, he is filled with pride. And his purpose is to keep us infected with pride. His plan 
is to distract us with pride. Pride is saying this, God, I don't need you. God, I can take care of this. God, I can make myself, I can, I can make myself my own man. I can make myself my own woman. I can, make, I can make it through this world on my own. We are filled with pride when we make statements like that. And Satan wants to distract us with pride. His motive is to turn our eyes from the light of the world to his false light. You know, you know Lucifer, that name literally means light bearer. Think about it, light bearer. That, that's what we are to be. That's what, that's what witnesses are to be. We're, we're to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. We're to, be, we're to be mirrors of Jesus Christ, light bearers. That's what Lucifer was supposed to be, but he chose his own light to bear instead of God's light. Listen, when we make much of ourselves, we are being much like Satan. And that is his goal. He wants us to make much of ourselves. He wants us to, to say to the world, hey, look what I have done. Look what I have been able to do through my own abilities and my own strength. Oh, his motive is to turn our eyes from the light of the world to his false light. Listen, his pride and his arrogance drive him. His pride caused him to want to be like God. He wants to bring death. That's his desire. He wants to bring death to youth. He wants to bring death to happiness. He wants to bring death to joy and to peace and to prosperity. That is his desire. He wants to bring physical death. He wants to bring spiritual death. He wants to bring eternal death. That is his destructive purpose and plan. But here's the good news. Our God is greater than our enemy. That's what Jesus is, is teaching us to, to find trust in. Our God is greater than our enemy. He wouldn't say to us, pray this prayer, if there wasn't any power in it. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He is saying, pray this prayer because your God is greater than your enemy. You have an enemy. He is a real person. He has a real position. And you can pray this prayer because your God is greater than he is. Listen, he's given us this instruction. Listen, Jesus intends for you and I to recognize not only the reality of evil, but the reality of his victory over it. Let me say that again because that is such a great statement. Jesus intends for you and I to recognize not only the reality of evil, but the reality of his victory. Listen, we can't go through life thinking, man, I am saved, all is good. I've got my hell insurance, my fire insurance. I'm good to go. There's nothing else that can touch me. Oh, yes, there is. He can't have you. He can't, he can't take you to hell with him, but he can distract you. He can make you powerless. And listen, you are left in this body to bring honor to Jesus Christ. Jesus is intending by giving us this prayer to recognize not only do we have an evil that we are fighting against, but the reality of his victory over this evil. Here's the good news. Listen, we're not just praying for victory, but we pray from a position of victory. Oh, Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. We pray this prayer from a power, from a position of victory. Listen, I don't want you to focus on evil. 
I want you to focus on the glorious kingdom of God, but we cannot ignore that there is evil all around us. Listen, when you know the power of God and, 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 and you've been invited by Jesus Christ to invoke the power over Satan's schemes, you don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of what Satan is doing all around us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we must rely wholly on our Father who provides protection. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, follow along with me. I love this, this text. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them. You are more than conquerors because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Who is the one that is in the world? Satan, our enemy, the one that keeps trying to knock us down. We get up, but he knocks us down again. And here in 1 John, this elderly brother is saying to us, you have conquered Satan and all of his minions because the one who is in you, this is how we, we pray from a position of victory already, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Listen, Satan has no power over you. You, you cannot, you, Satan has no power over you that you cannot break by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Zero, zilch. He has no power, no ability over you that you cannot. I want you to think about the different struggles in our life. He has no power over you that you cannot overcome. The world looks at you and says, you can't overcome that. You can possibly manage that, but you can't overcome that. I'm telling you that is a lie from the pit of hell. You don't have to manage sin. We're horrible sin managers, but we are wonderful as children of God, overcomers of our sin. Verse 13, this wonderful prayer, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning whose, whose eyes have never been opened to the truth of the gospel. The eyes have never been, the veil has been over your eyes. You've never been, your eyes have never been opened to the truth of the gospel. Listen to Acts chapter 26, verse 18. Listen to this wonderful text. Open their eyes. This has been my prayer for this message this morning. Open their eyes so that may, they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and share among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Maybe you're here this morning, your eyes have never been opened, that you've been, you've been fighting, you've been just hitting this wall, hitting this wall, hitting this wall, and you've, you can't figure out why you can overcome this sin. Maybe, maybe your eyes have never been opened to the truth of the gospel. They've never been opened to, to the ability to have victory over our sin, over Satan. This is my prayer that your eyes would be open today, is that we would be able to rip off the veil by the truth of God's word, the rip off the veil Satan has been blinding you with, and you would say yes to God this morning. Thank you for listening to this sermon. If you'd like more information about our church or have any questions regarding the sermon you just heard, we would love to hear from you. You can visit our website at www.fbcfarwell.org or send an email to info at fbcfarwell.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching FBC Farwell. It is our prayer that the sermon you listened to was equally challenging and edifying to your walk with Christ. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed week.